The Church, in her wisdom, sets out weekly readings from the Gospels. These readings allow us to follow the life and teachings of our Lord Jesus Christ and the story of our salvation. Upper Room Media presents to you the weekly Sunday homily delivered from Sydney, Australia. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Um, today uh, we read the, the reading of the the interaction between Christ and the Samaritan woman. Uh, John's Gospel dedicates uh, a long, it's a very long chapter um, to, to this interaction, because it's a very important interaction for many reasons. I mean, Jesus is teaching us many things about himself in this interaction. Uh, the fact that he is water, living water, there's no life outside of him. He's teaching us ideas about confession and how to talk to him, how to accept our position, our sin. He's talking to us about many different things. Um, one thing that uh, we'll focus on today, which is towards the end of this interaction, is the way that Jesus perceives his service towards this woman and what we should learn about um, what it means to serve God, what it means to serve God. So he, he has this whole interaction. He's sitting. He's obviously not eaten for a number of hours because the expectation is that he's hungry. So he's traveled. He says he had to go from here to here. He had to, needed to go through this place. And then he went there and he sat down with this lady. He had a long conversation. The disciples disappeared for a while. They came back. The expectation is he must be hungry. By now, he must need a rest and he must be hungry. And he says, I don't uh, need food. I'm satisfied already. Um, and they say, where, where did you get food? Um, you couldn't have eaten uh, because who would have brought you food? And he said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish the work. My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish the work. So, when it comes to serving God, and we're going to learn a few other lessons about the idea of serving God, but when it comes to the, 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 the service or working for God, serving God, he's saying that it's to do the will of God only. It's not to do anything else. As we go, we'll discover what is the will of God that he wants us to serve as a part of. But we're not to come to God with other agendas. We don't serve God with another uh, agenda than His will. It has to be His will that is being completed. And we'll see in a minute that His will is actually the salvation of souls. He has one will. It's to save us. It's to s the, the salvation of souls. It's not for any other reason. It's not to make people feel happy and joyful and um, uh, uh, social agendas. It's not the purpose of serving God. The purpose of serving God is to do the will of Him who sent me. So the first thing about serving God is that it must come directly from God's will to you, which needs quiet contemplation. The service of God starts with connecting to God quietly. There's no other way to serve God except in my own life, I connect to Him quietly so I can understand His will specifically. 
The second is that he says, and to finish the work. Because the service of God is endless. It goes to the end of your life. It's no good to serve God for a period of my life. To say, I did serve God. Or I will serve God. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. But Jesus, when he says that, and to finish the work, he didn't actually stop until he took that final breath on the cross. When he said, it is finished. So the work that he started, he didn't actually stop until the end. He never took a break from that work. Sometimes I think we um, overcomplicate the service and we, we say to ourselves, we need a break. I'll do it for a while. I'll do as much as I can handle. But actually, when we serve God, when we serve God, the task doesn't end. It doesn't end. And yes, it's tiring, but we'll go into the rewards in a minute. But I remember once I was talking to an elderly priest. Um, he's talking about the priesthood. And he's coming like uh, towards the end of his service. And he was saying that there is no better feeling than as an old man to come to the end of your life and to know that you had dedicated your life to serving God. There is no more satisfaction in your life than to come to the end of your life knowing that I served God all my life. All my life was dedicated to serving Him. As opposed to someone who serves money, for example. Someone who spent their life building wealth. And they look back and they say, is it satisfying to say, I dedicated my life to collect this money? That person will feel dissatisfied at the end of their life. But a person who serves God will look back at their life and I will say that, I feel satisfied that I have served God all my life. And so that's the second thing about service. Is that Jesus is saying it is satisfying. It gives you an internal satisfaction that material things cannot give you. They cannot give you. So when they say you, you need to eat, he says, no, I, I don't need to eat. Because my focus is elsewhere. Like someone who's got a task and they're working and they say, stop, let's eat. He say, no, I need to finish. I need to finish. Jesus is focused on his task because he has to finish the work that he said. And that gives him a satisfaction. So when he deals with this lady, by the way, and the lady confesses her sins, and the lady goes and gets the town and brings the town to believe in Jesus, do you think he cares about food? Do you think that you will care about material things when God gives you peace in your heart? When you serve God and people are saved, when you uh, serve God and someone repents because of your work, because of your love, because of your forgiveness, because you are pure, and the, in, you know, the, the kids in school, I talk to the kids in school, you know when you're in school, if you are pure, if you maintain your purity, if you are strong, then all the kids around you can be pure. Do you think you will care about anything else except the fact that because I was strong, the people around me were strong. When you love someone, when you love someone and they feel loved and they felt lonely before but now they don't, you still care about anything else? There is a gift of satisfaction when you serve God because God works in you. He takes your sacrifice and He works in it and He gives you reward and He will give you um, peace in your soul. 
Um, and this is what gives really proper peace. This is what gives true satisfaction. Nothing else does. When you, when you serve your body, because you will serve some, something, someone. You can either serve your body, yourself, you'll serve another person, or you serve God. If you serve your body, you serve your interest, you serve your pleasure, then you'll never be satisfied. That's the promise. It's a promise. You know, God gives us positive promises. He gives us negative ones too. That if you do that, you will never be satisfied. Anyone can give you pleasure. Anyone can give you food. Anyone can give you money. But only God can give you satisfaction. Only God can give you peace, can give you joy, can give you gentleness, can allow you to forgive, can allow you to love, can allow you to be patient. Only God can do that. And that's the gift. That's the thing that is satisfying. When you have that, you don't care about anything else. You just don't, by nature. You don't even have to choose not to care. You just don't care. Because it is so much more valuable. And so that's what he's saying. Is that when you serve God, that satisfaction is yours. And you have it all your life. And that's why when I said before that the service is endless, it is endless. My whole life. Why? Because the reward is also for my whole life. So the two go hand in hand. By the way, when we say service, it's in all capacity. It's in my home. It's, it's with my children, with my husband and wife, with my parents, with my work. That's serving God. That's all part of the service. <clears throat> the next thing he says about service is he says that um, you now are going to reap, if you, if you do choose to serve, you're going to reap the harvest. But there was another who sowed before you. There was someone else who planted, who put the seeds. And now, after all this time, it is growing, and the harvest is there, and you will serve on their shoulders. And so what he's saying is that the idea of service is a big, great team effort. It is a team it is something that is far bigger than even the, the team around you. You know, so when you serve, you'll always be with other people. No matter what you do, you should, you know, the way that Jesus did it, he said they go out two by two. And in the service, we always put people together. We say serve, uh, cleaning team, maintenance team, uh, outreach team, deacon team, uh, everything is together. And you have to work within that, that team. But also, he's saying here that it's not just the immediate team, but he's saying that, as St. Paul said, it is, you're working with a cloud of witnesses. You're working on the work of the apostles. You're working on the blood of the martyrs. You're working on all that work, and you are part of that system. You are part of it, and it's something great. It is something with great purpose. Um, so sometimes I think, and the, the reason why this is so important is for many reasons. One, we sometimes think that when we serve, that it's my work that achieved this. And therefore, I have to continue in this work. And no one else can do the work that I am doing as well as I can do it. And when there's success in it, I take the reward and I start to feel like I'm something bigger than I am. But actually you are part of something much, much bigger. And the reason why your work worked 
is because Jesus died and rose. And then the disciples gave their lives. And then their disciples spread the word across the world. And then you ended here with these people in front of you and you served them. Now that doesn't take away from your work. It actually makes it far bigger. But it is part of something very big. And it's also very important that we learn from the saints before us. We learn from those around us. We read the lives of the saints. We see how they did their work. And we build on what they built. We don't change what they did. We just build. Um, when I was reading the commentaries of the fathers on this, they said that the, the work you're doing is directly from the apostles. The apostles are the ones who sowed after Christ, and you're the one reaping the harvest. Um, so it is a big, great team, and it's a very um, uh, uh, respectable role. It's a very, it gives you purpose in your life when you are part of something like that. The last thing, which we'll finish on, is the final idea, which is that when you serve God, it has to be now. It must be now. It cannot be later. It cannot be in the past. It must be now. When uh, they're, they're sitting and they're chatting, um, he's saying, you, you know when the harvest is. You say there's going to be four months and then the harvest will be there, so you prepare yourself. But he's saying, behold, I say to you, don't wait four months for the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. Lift your eyes. I was reading one of the comments uh, uh, from the fathers, and they were saying that when the Bible says lift your eyes, it's actually a very common expression in the Bible, lift up your eyes. Take your eyes away from down and lift them up and look and see and behold. He's saying that, what happens is the selfishness of our lives, the fact that we look at ourselves constantly makes us not be able to see that the harvest is there ready to be reaped. It must be now. Um, Oregon, he says, about the, the sins of the flesh, the sins of the flesh, there's no one who indulges his passions and clings to the flesh with a concern for material things has observed the commandment that says, lift up your eyes. Such a person will not see the fields, even if they are already white for harvest. When you are bound up in flesh, in sin, in material things, that's purity, that's the things we see on the internet, that's the, the, the things we indulge in with money, pleasure, those things don't allow us to see the harvest. And that's why you can't get satisfaction. Because you cannot see the work that needs to be done. You don't do the work that needs to be done. And therefore you're not satisfied. But the work that needs to be done is there. The people in front of us who we need to forgive are there. The people who we need to love are there. The, the people we need to lift up to be gentle with are there. The people we need to bow down in front of are there. But we can't see the, the harvest is ready. Because we are too busy with ourselves. That's what Oregon is saying. And that's why he's saying it has to be now. Jesus is saying it must be now. You say the harvest is ready in four months. But I say to you, behold, the harvest is ready. It's white. Otherwise, the harvest is wasted. The harvest, there is a time and the harvest goes. 
There is a time and my work cannot be done anymore. So this idea of serving God must be now. As I said at the start, it is now and it's lifelong. But so is the reward. So is the satisfaction. So is the, 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 the reaping of the harvest. Is there from now until then. And what is that harvest, by the way? The harvest is the salvation of souls. My soul and others. And that comes not from badgering people. That comes from loving people. That comes from uh, serving them, washing their feet. That's what saves souls. That's what Christ has asked us to do. That's what He did. Dying for others, caring for others, being patient, um, you know, uh, giving our concerns up to God so we can carry the burdens of others. That's the service of God. And, and that brings with it not a burden heavy to carry, but that brings with it a deep satisfaction that you can carry all your life. You will be able to do all your life. So today we learn about the service of God, that it is to do the will of God and nothing else. Uh, and it's to finish the work, as Jesus said, that it is something that is all your life. And then at the same time, it will bring you satisfaction all your life in a deep way. Um, the service is something that is uh, a team effort, not just with us here in front of you, but also um, uh, with a cloud of witnesses. And, it, and in fact, um, he says that, Everyone will rejoice. He says that that team of witnesses, the apostles, will rejoice from your work. Um, and finally is that the service must be now. When we serve God, it must be now because behold, look up, the harvest is ready and white, ready for you to work. There is so much for us to do for the kingdom of God. We cannot be silent. We cannot um, waste time focusing on things that uh, are not building the kingdom of God. In, in fact, sometimes we're shattering the kingdom of God. So we have to be careful and we work towards the kingdom of God to, to reap this reward. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you but will also transform you and your life with Christ.